0: Blob Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Soulfulpreneur Talk Radio with your hosts Rachel Archelaus and Megan Grandelmeier. Merging spirituality and business on the Enlightenment Evolution.
2: Network.
3: Hello and welcome to Soulful Printer Radio, everybody. We're so glad that you're here. Today is Tuesday, February 10th, and we have an awesome special guest for you today named Julia Asante. She is a medium, and we will tell you more about her in a bit. Um, but first, we'd love to tell you that you can talk to us. You can ask Julia questions and call in Um, The number is 347-308-8788, and we would love it if you could keep your questions to uh, what's relevant for Julia today, so the afterlife, being a medium, consciousness, all sorts of great topics. The chat is also open, so if you have a free account on Blog Talk Radio, You can come to our show page and talk to me while the show is going on. You can even post your questions in there. Just search for Soulfulpreneur on Blog Talk Radio. So you can find us at soulfulpreneur.com, and full is filled with two L's. You can also find us on searching soulfulpreneur on facebook.com, and all of our shows are archived on iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, as well as our own website. So just so you know, we are part of a network called the Enlightenment Evolution Network, and it's a network for all things metaphysical. We have a fabulous team of hosts, so look for updates on the Facebook page, the Enlightenment Evolution Network, and there are shows every single day of the week. Um, And also, any opinions expressed on Soulful Printer Radio by the hosts or our guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Enlightenment Evolution Network. And we'll give you some updates at the end of the show about what's coming up on each show for this week. So I forgot to introduce my amazing co-host, Megan Crandall Meyer, who's with us from Snowy, Connecticut.
4: Hi, Rachel.
3: (laughs) I'm just so excited about today. I know. Um, Yeah. So having three mediums on one phone line, that's going to be super cool. (laughs) <laughs> Even though I think Megan is a little shy about calling herself that that's correct, I am, but
2: <laughs> yeah, so well, I'm I, really
4: excited to speak with Julia today because um you know she's her book um has been kind of instrumental in my awakening process i feel um and it certainly helped me. Uh, face my fear of death a bit, and it was such an interesting book regarding that topic.
3: Absolutely, yeah, and you, you're you the one who introduced me to Julia's work, so thank you for that.
4: Yeah, I did. All right,
3: we have a lot of callers, too, so I'll just get right into it, and this is more about Julia. So she's both a mystic and a scholar. She's been a professional, intuitive, medium, and past-life therapist for over four decades, offering workshops throughout the United States and Europe. Her accuracy in telepathy has been clinically tested at Columbia University. And as a scholar, she's taught at Columbia, Bryn Mawr, and the University of Munster in Germany, and gives talks at universities worldwide. So today on our book club show, we're going to be talking about her book, The Last Frontier, Exploring the Afterlife and Transforming Our Fear of Death. So I'm going to bring her on. Hi, Julia.
5: Hey, are you Rachel, right? Yeah, this is Rachel. Rachel and Megan. Hi, Hi Megan. Hi, Julia. Hi, great to, nice with to you connect again. with you again. Yeah.
3: Yes, we're so honored
5: that you're here. Oh, please, I'm honored. Right <laughs> <on. clears
3: throat> so I'll let Megan start since you guys <laughs> have some history here. Megan had a reading from Julia and just, she was explaining it to me after it happened, she was just so elated. It was it was such a great experience for her.
4: Yeah, I think what was most shocking and what I didn't expect, and maybe uh, Julia can talk a little bit about it, is the medical intuitive part of the reading. So when we started, you basically went head to toe through my body and mentioned different things you were picking up on, and they were all spot on, including a little um chip on my tailbone i got when i was 8 years old and <laughs> fell off a, a hammock <laughs>
5: um
4: can you talk to us a little bit about, about sure. uh, how that Sure first of all i never thing? knew
5: there was such a thing called a medical intuitive until i guess it started a couple of years ago um i'm actually teaching it uh this weekend in Vienna hmm. They get two weekends on medical intuitive and i'm i'm tough when i teach you know, they have to learn some anatomy and they have to do this and that but um it's actually i think it's a really normal human ability you know it's it's a it's remote viewing everything mm-hmm. is remote viewing there's no such thing as space so everything is remote viewing uh and what happens with uh, medical intuitives, uh, we all see slightly differently i have a certain amount of medical background and my father was a doctor and i worked in his office so for me it comes very naturally But what what happens is that when when cells are in stress, they emit photons. And that brings a little bit of light around a problem. So when you're looking through a body, everything seems to be pretty dark, but there's little areas that shine or light up, and then you know there's something there, and you just sort of wait and stare at it until you actually see it. And there's something physical about this, because I've used the same ability. You know those little cards that you get, and you scratch it off, and there's magic numbers underneath? Mhm. Mhm. I can see through them. I don't mm-hmm. have to scratch. So it's, it's something actually physical that's going on. It's not uh you know, it, I wouldn't put any of these things really in the category of mystical. They are natural human abilities and they can be taught, which I'm doing. Yeah, yeah.
3: we all we do that same thing too and one of the things I mostly relate to about your work is that you're trying to take the stigma out of the afterlife. And, and I fully agree that, you know, none of this is just for special people. Everybody can do it. And I really right. love that you encourage people that at the end of your book to just try it and, right. you know, do it for themselves. And when,
5: when, when people come to me for, uh, I do all kinds of readings for people, but most of the time I get people who want to speak with someone who's passed on i uh actually force them <laughs> to my best of my their abilities to be mediums themselves during the time we're together, and in some some cases <clears throat> they're so into it that we can actually go into the world of a dead person and that's it's such a knockout when when you can do just travel in there by the dead person's invitation and see this sort of magical environment that they built for themselves, one of probably many magical environments, but the one at least offered at the time we are together on uh, doing these um, readings. And so we have no real idea uh, how far this can go. The, I, I, the word afterlife is something that uh, I've, I've come to abhor I I mean, I don't like most of the words that we use I don't even like the word spiritual Because it divides uh, natural, normal, everyday And it puts it out there into some special zone Where you have to reach it And and we're always spiritual We can't get away from it So why use the word to make that kind of distinction Spiritual versus physical Or spiritual versus scientific Or whatever it is I don't like dualisms of any kind but in terms of the afterlife, the idea that it's something that happens only afterwards or that it's a place where all the dead go, we don't know that. Mm-hmm. Not only do we not know that, we don't really understand the oh, what kind of mix there might be there in terms of time periods, mixes of time periods mixes of uh, uh, non-human intelligences. Uh, Certainly animals are are mixed in with us. They don't go to a separate animal heaven. They are mixed in with us. But we don't know the extent of it. All we can say is that these are non-local dimensions. That's all we can say. But to call it the afterlife is, I hope, in another 20 years going to be quaint. Mm. Mm -hmm.
3: That would be great, yeah.
5: Yeah Then we, we'll really start to understand it Also calling it the afterlife makes it dead
4: mm-hmm. And you're never
5: more dead than you are now I love that <laughs> line
4: <laughs> I've read that from you before Yeah it wow. just doesn't
5: happen Yeah
4: yeah. So um, the idea of reincarnation
5: <laughs> uh,
4: Do you believe in that?
5: Oh, or, uh, oh
4: certainly and, Okay so, so my here's just a super basic question. <laughs> um, if if someone a loved one has died and their essence, as I like to call it, decides to reincarnate, they can both communicate with us and be living another life. Or and I know that's probably a very linear way of looking at things. I struggle. That's right. With it linear. is a linear
5: way, and <laughs> it is all
4: simultaneous.
5: So yeah. You know, it, it, the, 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 okay, let's, let's call you, Rachel, you're a core personality. And mm-hmm. you go on, you leave the body, and you go into this non-local reality. You remain a core personality in that non-local reality. But your greater self is in another dimension already, is in another incarnation. You can actually have incarnations of yourself. I have one, so I know this. You can have incarnations of yourself who are contemporary.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. you mentioned that in your right. book, you ran and into someone
5: who was right. you. Really? Hard.
4: That's really hard for an analytical person to wrap their mind
5: around. Well, uh, you get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you start to really see things. You start to see, for instance, when under very uh, extreme circumstances of traumatic deaths, when people come or right back. Um, the they come back. They're conceived a few months after death. They don't die. They mm-hmm. never leave this reality, and
1: mm-hmm. they come
5: back with, uh, say, a bullet hole that was in their you know went through their head in in the so-called last life. And they come back with uh, marks of entry and exit in their heads. Um, they the the core personality can survive physically, and reincarnate without ever dying, which is not good. Mm. It's not good. It uh, usually produces all kinds of phobias and certainly huge amounts of sexual identity problems if the person died as a male and came back as a female. Um, And this is just physical death. Real death is that change of focus away from this reality into a non-local reality. That's the real death. And that does not follow the body's death,
2: mhm.
5: It does it mm-hmm. when it wants to. People can be alive physically, like with uh Alzheimer's or in coma, and they are actually dead psychically in our terms. Oh,
3: yeah that's interesting that's on, because go ahead, when I was in high school um I used to go what I called zombie hunting, and I would find these people who were dead psychically, but still, you know, the bodies were moving around, and and I just, you know, I thought it was interesting to see these people, Um, and so it's cool. I've never heard anyone else refer to that before, so that's yeah. really neat.
5: Well, you know, it's not just zombies. It's also babies. They're not here. Yeah. And their, yep. their bodies are on automatic. You know, and they're not here. You can consider them dead probably up until the age of two.
2: Mm -hmm. Really? In general.
5: I mean, what I'm trying to say is our definitions of what's dead and alive are bogus. And, Mm -hmm. again, something else that when we really start to learn more about consciousness, uh, what it is, uh, how it works, um, which people really don't do, and I think I'm a little unpopular because I really push that button a lot, um, (laughs) then maybe we will... Understand that 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 our simplistic definitions, dead alive, uh, uh, afterlife, all of these sorts of things, spiritual, non-spiritual, all of that, um, are actually hold us back.
2: Mhm.
4: Mhm. Why do you think we're so clueless? Do we? You know, the <laughs> idea of we come here, we incarnate, we forget who we really are. And then we sort of remember well, as we, we don't, go. We don't
5: forget. We don't forget. It, we we don't have a society that supports it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had memories of incarnations when I was very little, and I was scolded for it. Mm. And I think that happens to all of us. And by the way, remembering your incarnation—it <laughs> is another thing that can be taught. It it takes maybe something in the area of thirty whole seconds before you can jump into one and see the whole life in front of you. And Mm -hmm. you have to also understand that whenever we're talking, and future lives, too, I routinely put people into future lives. I've been a regression therapist for a very long time, but I do this also in workshops. Um, It's always right there, and it's always accessible. It's just a matter of focus. Mm hmm and then uh, whenever we are talking about another time zone, we're, mm, even the present, you have to understand, too, that uh, we have to understand, too, that these the time and uh, activities and personalities are not fixed. There are many probable ones that exist that are as real as we ourselves feel ourselves to be real.
2: mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: can you talk more about the many-worlds theory and how we have, you know, all these infinite timelines where we are all different versions of ourselves? Um, I love that, and I.
5: Yeah, well, the, the, the multiverse theory proposes, and I think they're right that for uh, scientists who believe in this, which is actually a going belief now, um, forever for every quantum event. That means whatever happens on a quantum level, a level of within an atom or in a subatomic particle level. For every um, quantum event, the universe splits. <laughs> so you've got a lot of splitting. <laughs> mm, yeah. And I think for us uh, as humans, it's a... Um, that splitting is something that's that's mm, has a much bigger focus it It has more to do with psychology than it has to do with quantum events um if If you really track your own life, you'll find points where you moved in a different direction from the one that was expected or you made a wrong turn or a right turn for you know uh, adjusting your life in many of those instances, that's when you made your split but you did it from the point of view of a psyche not the point of view of an electron mm-hmm. and so i have some really miserable probable realities that i'm aware of and i try to help them and they are in their own universe and they are from the same mother wow. the same they're they're similar to incarnations but if there's no one story to anyone if you took try to track the story of Yeshua or Jesus Christ, for instance, you you probably, there's so many probable realities going on there, there's, there's no one history.
4: There's no one history.
5: Right. And Megan, I
3: remember when we were working together and you walked through your living room and you were talking to your future self. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that I just, I think she's kind of talking about it we we have access to all of our versions right now you know and I I go there a lot I go to my future I go to different versions I talk to them I ask them questions and I find it to be really valuable um and I That's I right. love how you write about it in the book and 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 I also love how you point out that there's such a double standard when it comes to the you know the scientific proof that people are requiring and that scientists are kind of requiring to even start to look in our direction, that this isn't, you know, something so paranormal. Um, and I, yeah,
5: I mean, they, they can't even make a yeah. way with proving telepathy, for heaven's sakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's been proved ad nauseum, but nobody, nobody seems to consider it. Yeah. it's got to break down i think there's too much uh pressure against uh science right now it'll it'll happen probably in the next decade and to prove after the afterlife would be actually quite simple Techno- technologically prove it
4: well and there's something you're working on isn't that correct
5: some sort of a... yes um i i was and i do have some of the equipment i just don't have the money
3: okay
5: mhm yeah i mm-hmm. i we see a yeah.
3: Kickstarter in the future. <laughs> yes, we need,
5: we need And it wouldn't even take that much. I need a Faraday cage, you know, things like that.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: And I, I just, uh, it's it's very frustrating.
3: Mm. Yeah. Well, maybe we can talk because, you know, the network that we're a part of, we have lots of people, and I'm sure they'd be interested in hearing about the project as well. So.
5: Yeah, that's interesting. Crowdfunding is where it's at. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I've been um asked by, you know, some uh Americans who are dealing with this if I would um team up with them. You know, like Gary Schwartz is, uh, has a strong strong technological background and uh, I'm a, I'm a little of two minds about that. I I'm trying to keep it in Vienna because the the uh, biophysicist um, is very gentle, uh, and he's he, he doesn't want to commercialize as much as as they do in America. Mm-hmm. I know I don't like what's going on there with the celebrity consciousness and the so-called spiritual movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it, it really it turns my stomach, frankly.
4: So you don't see any positive that at least the conversation is opening up over here that people
5: are. Oh, it's, it's about amazing it. what's going on over there.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Over on your your side of the pond, it's just absolutely amazing, and um, there's no uh, comparison to what's going on here. I mean, people here have never heard of Deepak Chopra. Okay, you know, <laughs> and but they, uh, as amazing is? as that may seem, in certain pockets, yes, but generally, no.
2: Even okay. spiritually
5: enlightened communities never heard of them. No, so huh. it's it's uh it's really a very closed system in Europe and uh it's so easy in america just uh, to fall into these conversations and it's becoming really part of the culture certainly influencing the media enormously mhm i think it's great it's it's not that it's 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 the way we we value production of books or workshops or whatever in terms of uh celebrity rather than quality
4: yeah like the commercialism of it all yeah which always bothers me yeah. right right so in europe do you feel like people are i don't i don't know how to put it like more psychically open in general more open to these concepts where here i feel like my average friend is busy shopping and and making money and keeping up with the joneses and i have very few people that i can
5: talk about these bigger concepts are you concepts kidding with. that really shocks me where are you <laughs> i'm in connecticut <laughs> <laughs> oh well now, oh, that's the reason. You're yeah, my more I here? Northern California. <laughs> I really I really don't think
4: and Julie, I mean a few years ago I was one of them, but something happened and when you were just saying that we have these turning points in your life, I'm not sure exactly what happened, but I went from just being sort of analytical going through the motions to, Hey, wait a minute. There's something bigger going on here. Yeah. And now it's all I think about. But the, it, then there's a little <laughs> loss of yourself there because you, you feel a little lost, like I was somebody else for the first 40 years.
5: <laughs> That's right. You have to mourn that in a way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know that. I know this. yeah.
4: So do you think that there is something globally going on? Like the fact that that happened to me at this time, is, is this happening to a lot of people or it happens when it happens? Or
5: No, it is happening to a lot of people. And, um, first of all, I mean, Look at our values. Yeah. All the Western values, all, all of which I think came out of Holland, <laughs> you know, this mm-hmm. mercantile Christianity. I, I mean, it, our values are terrible, mm-hmm. and it makes us restless. Uh, it makes our lives feel useless. I mean, yeah. in in the States and in and Vienna, uh, excuse me, Austria, the death rate by suicide is higher than by car accidents. Wow. And it's, it's, a, and it's climbing. It's becoming mm-hmm. actually a fashion in New York to throw yourself in front of a subway train,
2: mm-hmm. and this is
5: almost always young men who I, who I I feel they they don't feel there's any place for them in the world.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You
5: know, especially since we raise everyone to be uh, great and the hero and all of that. Not everyone can be in that position. To be a hero, you need people you have to save.
2: Mhm. Mhm. Very true. Very but. True.
5: Um, so i think i think this um uh, especially since the atomic age uh after the wars um this uh meaninglessness of uh of genetic m- mechanistic life uh has just gone on too, too long darwin has gone on too long darwin we should bury he's mm-hmm. a terrible scholar and um <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thank God there's so much proof now coming out that we are not genetically bound by any means but mm-hmm. something else i think that's consciousness that ha- ha- that is able to manipulate electricity mm. and that's what makes uh, some incredible research coming out of tuft university um where you can actually see electrical currents that are creating where the embryonic frog's face is going to be. Outlines the nose, outlines the eyes. It's not genes. This is what makes the genes do what they do.
2: Mm,
3: this is something yeah. Tesla else. Tesla was really into that as well. He used That's to take right. electric baths and um, right, all sorts of things. Yeah, it's right. really fascinating.
5: Right, it is fascinating. And uh, unfortunately, when we discovered penicillin, we just went biochemical and never turned back.
2: Mm -hmm. Which the Russians
5: didn't do, but we did. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, they're
2: very
3: into longevity and and all sorts of things that we're not really aware of here.
5: Oh, they have all these frequency machines that heal people like crazy, heal Mm -hmm. cancer, all kinds of stuff, which are not allowed in the United States.
3: (laughs) Yep, I know you could barely say the word cancer without getting arrested.
5: But the we, the other thing that's happening is that, it, as you're, I'm sure both, totally aware that all perception, is about electric, is about interpreting electrical impulses. Everything you see, you feel, even your thoughts, are electrical impulses, and those thoughts can now be, can now be picked up by computers and uh, say thinking of moving your right arm a computer, a computer can pick that up or pick up even the image that's in your mind and robotically move your right arm so even thought has an aspect of of um of an electrical impulses so think about that we are in this electronic world we have i have phone uh, electronic impulses coming from this phone my computer we're absorbed all day long with these things. And I think what's happening is that we're beginning to develop an ability to read subtler and subtler electronic impulses. And that means we have the ability to read subtler and subtler perceptions.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So and if anything to...
5: is
4: doing it, it's that. Interesting. Um, yeah, that
3: makes a lot of
5: sense. Yeah.
4: So... I. I Go ahead. It's
5: not no. very spiritual
4: Sorry. though, is it? <laughs> I know. And it's kind that's of sciencey, Julia.
2: <laughs> and that's what, was what that? I'm
3: really loving here is that, you know, all of the people who are speaking in, you know, five D terminology or that spiritual terminology, so are the people who are in the advancing technological side of things. You know, they're all right. speaking in exponential terms and and we're all speaking the same language but we just we can't seem to make that bridge often enough. Um but I would well, love again, to again know... that's the
5: atomic age, you know, that's when the real um when religion and science made the massive split. Mhm. And we haven't recovered from that yet.
3: Yeah. I, I think we're getting there though. I do. I think at least with some with some you know, like the names that come to mind are peter diamandis and and all the people who are really looking into space exploration they're they're all pretty open to this stuff and and yeah. I think they're the billionaires and and I think they're gonna have a really big influence on on the rest of us maybe in
5: time yeah the problem if, with a, with a lot of academics is believe me I know is that they're not they don't have a lot of life experience especially these scientists who are getting their doctorates at the age of 22, 23, which is typical for mathematics and physics. So they never, they, they never live. They don't have strong emotional lives or they haven't been exposed to much. I think that's where a lot of the problems are. Hmm. It's amazing to think that a person can be raised and never be out of a school system. Right. Yeah, like, that is interesting. our kids are <laughs> yeah. people that yeah. haven't lived. Yeah. Yeah, my husband has never been out of a school system ever. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, you know, he spent a year in armed forces, and that's it. Hmm. Interesting. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Nightmare. <laughs>
4: so, do you believe that we plan our lives? That there's some you know, overall, like we sit down and we say, in this life I'm going to have this disability and I'm going <laughs> yes, to hook up. Yes, I this do different. believe that.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yeah, I think
5: uh, it's not that there's predestination and those plans are flexible and can change, you know, but, yeah, there's a plan, definitely.
4: There's a plan. And so yeah. these people that are scientists are coming here to, what, purposely be here and have their blinders on and convince us that, there's, it's only science and there's not something more like is that's part of their plan
5: no 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 I, I don't think i don't think the generally the limitations are are built in so so securely in other words i don't i don't i think the limitations are more of a social conditioning okay even einstein had them
2: mhm
5: you know mm-hmm. he had serious problems with quantum mechanics Okay, and a um, famous line, "spooky action at a distance" or whatever it was. Um, yeah, spooky. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not quite sure. I think that a lot of it has to do with emotional value. When you come back for a certain kind of emotional fulfillment or emotional expression, exploration. Um, this notion that I know I sound ter- terribly opinionated but that it's all about learning makes me ill.
3: No, I agree I, with you.
5: Yeah. This just this idea of learning and these ideas of this so-called intermission life as being about learning and being told when you're ready to incarnate by your guides all this this is bunk. Really? Yes. Totally. And yet, this is yet there's just books this on is, it. He, people who believe in this kind of thing have no understanding of incarnation. Number one, and number two, can you imagine uh, a Swahili or or a Viking living an afterlife like that?
2: hmm mm-hmm. In a
5: schoolroom or like psychotherapy?
4: Yeah, and yet there's there's lots of books out there on this. That's um, right. And and yeah, so it gets confusing. Um there was That's a book right. called Your Soul's Plan. And That's it was right. written by Robert Schwartz and he used three different like psychic mediums to tap into people who who in these mediums like investigated what happened between their lives and how they planned to come here and the things that were supposed to happen. So to me that says there's some sort of school up there and you're doing all this planning in this like logical kind of way I,
5: I don't know I struggle <laughs> there may be um, many Americans might fall into a schoolroom because that's mm. what we're told okay you know okay. you create what What happens to you is what you expect yeah
4: yeah and said the same thing die, with,
5: with, with, with with a psychic or a medium um, they see what they're schooled to see you huh? not that many of them are, are open to the big surprises. Mhm.
3: Mhm. Yeah. And I, and I if
5: you go to mm-hmm. something like the uh, Arthur Finley school in England where where they're all spiritualists, they you know, their lives are about after-death communication. And they do incredible things, but it's amazing how little they understand what's going on. And because they won't understand it and they Follow these certain traditions, they're not open to it, and it just doesn't move. There's no so what progression you,
4: what yeah, what do you feel like they don't understand what's the missing like what well
5: many missing? many strict spiritualists uh don't believe in incarnation at all, okay, and actually, it was outlawed in the spiritualist churches in the fifties hmm the idea of reincarnation um, the I had one, One I loved him, but he he actually was starting to see things in my body that was medical intuitive, very naturally, He does healing work all the time. And he said, I see, and then he stopped himself, and he said, they are showing me. Hmm. What a shame.
2: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Do
5: you feel that, you know,
3: in the planning stage or in, you know, when we leave the physical and go back to being consciousness. So that's also just a like an extension of the incarnation and that that's not I mean that's not really the the truth of who we are. I think it's possible the truth of who we are is just pure consciousness and no differentiation between anyone else. So I kind of view it like that. No.
5: And, no? no, I really wouldn't say that. No, I think there's consciousness always creates form. It creates some kind of pattern the, your identity doesn't ever die. It never blends in or becomes uh, so faceless that you're not recognizable. No. Okay. But, cool. But what what happens is that you include more and more. You you remain Rachel and Megan, but also universal within as you continue to expand.
4: And by expand is that knowledge understanding
5: it's containment at a certain points you can have it happened to me in in often in my life where I go through stages where where I seem to have contained the entire history of humanity. Hmm. it's like there's it's all known it's all like a knowing me. you have
4: a sense like just a knowing
5: it's a knowing, yeah. It's it's not a knowing. It's a part of me. It's mm-hmm. within me. Mhm, mhm. And
4: and it's palpable to you. Like, do you feel like you have more knowledge with that, or it's just just a sense, like a connection?
5: It certainly can use it for knowledge. In other words, you can you can focus on any one area and start, you know, come up with information. Mhm. But it has to do with how the psyche is built. It's the way the psyche works, the psyche works by expansion, not in, obviously in space, but in the way a dream expands and um the it's not a learning process as much as it is a creative process. it's not a learning process as as much as it is a process of of um growing awareness or release of limitations. mhm it's it's creative and and it um it's not grasping and it's within and it's not taught mhm it's released mhm hmm. wow. <laughs> if we could <laughs> accept
3: our immortality how how would that change the way we live? Can
5: you imagine? No, not really. I am not afraid of that well, what the but judicial I still feel system. Like... <laughs> I think people would feel uh you know, there is a prob we would probably we would go through a period of time where there was a lot of uh, lawlessness, as you do in any sort of revolution. And I think the sense of safety that we're all held in the hand of the divine. That we all have meaning, that we all endure. Uh I think there's no mistaking uh, this would be the greatest thing that ever happened to our corner of the cosmos. Mhm. And uh, you you the way you wake up in the morning would be different. You probably wouldn't sleep as much. For mm-hmm. one thing. Because the way you play. wake up in the morning would be different. <laughs> your expectations of what to do for the day wouldn't be Trying so hard and building your life around security,
4: right? Because so much of our time is spent—I don't know—making money to feel safe and to have health insurance so you can pay for doctors, so you can live
5: longer, yeah. right? Which all, of course, is is killing us. That kind yeah. of pressure, right. right? Right. So I mean, from the from the deepest inside, I have a little blog on that—the psychology of immortality from uh, from the deepest uh our deepest sense of of being would be dramatically shifted and mm-hmm. uh hopefully to n- never return to the idea of immortality being power mhm and that's something that has to be grasped now mhm hmm. i think it, it would be mind boggling mhm you know, people who lose collar? the fear of death uh, have have uh, almost entirely different behavior from people who have a fear of death, which is all all the, all the rest of us. They mm-hmm. they take risks. They uh, don't uh, worry about what other people think about them, what they should do. You know, uh, that they're being unreasonable or not rational or whatever it is. They don't worry about that. They follow something else, a deeper voice.
4: Yeah, yeah. And do you feel like you live that way?
5: To to a great extent, yes. I have. Oh, I know this is going to sound really strange. I've never worked at anything I wasn't passionately involved in. Mm-hmm. Never. Mm-hmm. I've never, outside of a few jobs when I was trying to get through college, but generally everything I've ever done has been because I created it. So yeah. I've never been owned and my mind has never been owned by anyone. Mhm. Mhm. Oh that's And I do measure my life by is this going to be important after I die? Okay. Like leaving a legacy, leaving right. important
2: creatures. Or, you
5: know, writing writing your tenth book or something, you know, that kind of thing. Mhm. Produce,
2: mm-hmm.
5: produce, 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 you know.
4: Right, right. Interesting. Um
3: Rachel, did you say we had a caller or? We have many. I was wondering if you'd like to take one. Sure. Okay, great. I love it. Awesome. Just love so it. right now I'm going to eight five six seven seven six here on the air. Hello, this is Laura. Hi, Hi Laura. Laura. Thanks for waiting so long. Oh, well, thanks
2: for taking my call. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I am one of those people
0: that is worried about money, making money, and work. And so that's actually what my question is about, is finding
5: work. Oh, don't look for work. (laughs) You look for what you want. Look for what your desire is. Look for what will fulfill you, and the money comes. That's the productive way to do it. To look for work in fear is so counterproductive. Do you follow me, Laura? I do follow you. You know, especially females, we're so, my generation, I'm sure, I'm older than all of you, but we're all trained against wanting something for ourselves. At least that's the way I was brought up. You're supposed to only want for somebody else. We don't know what our own desires are, and so Laura, if I were you, I would reach really, really deep inside, even go back to when you were three or four years of age, and ask yourself, "What do I love and what how if I could have the perfect life that fulfilled me, what would that feel like? What would I be doing and go for it Mhm it's not worth it to live otherwise just getting one, that ticket you know that keeps you alive for another week. Paycheck. Yeah, it's all about fear, and we we're run by fear. Our economics is run by fear. Medical institutions, our schools, or the way we teach history, anthropology—it's all about fear of death. It is. So you so you you're, so you're with you're with the crowds, girl. <laughs>
4: oh. you, you've got Thank a whole you, country Laura. here. <laughs> got a whole country here, Julia, that was raised that way. Yeah. And It's hard. It's hard to tell somebody to, you know, do what you love and follow your passion because then you've got somebody saying, "Well, I love photography, but it's so competitive, I can't make a living at it."
5: For yeah. Example. Well, there you go. There's the you're, instead of saying, "I love photography, I'm just going to do it," you start thinking about competing, which mm-hmm. is definitely the wrong way to go. Meaning that you can't be original, mm-hmm. right? And and it's all about security and fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you don't do it right and then when right. you're on your deathbed and i know this because i i put people on their deathbeds all the time you go ah why you see how we are so locked up by this fear yeah it's paralyzing paralyzing yeah and how simple it would have been to change mhm mhm absolutely
2: mm.
3: so i'd love mm. to go to another caller good that was great advice before so i'm going to 216 216- Six five zero, you're on the air with Julia. Hello.
2: Hello.
3: Hi, what's your name? Two one six six five zero. I can hear your radios on, but that's okay. We will I think we lost this person. (laughs) We will let them be. (laughs) Maybe they don't realize they've been on hold for about an hour or so. All right, I'll go to 857-334. You're on the air.
0: Hi, how are you?
3: Hi, great. How are you? What's your name?
0: I'm well. um, My name is Kita, and just to echo from the last caller, um, I am also in a position where I'm not necessarily looking for work but looking to create work. And so my job is, is, is actually scheduled to end at the end of the month and I'm landing a gazillion interviews, but nobody is hiring me. But in my heart of hearts, I really don't want to be doing any of that. I'm ready to launch well, my own business. Well, then
5: you're doing a very good job not doing it. <laughs> yes. um, I mean, this is that. your, you are creating your reality, huh? But mm-hmm. the
0: thing is, I'm ready to launch my own business. Right. While I'm stepping out on faith, there is a very real part of me that has Sure. I don't want to say a fear, but there's like okay, and I and I'm I'll say God. I mean it's universe, but in my own personal things, I'll say God. Okay, you know universe or or God. Um, my my what I'm saying is I'm ready to do this. So I see that things are kind of blocked right now, but I need money to survive, and that's right. the scary part. That it's like okay, I'm stepping on
5: a faith, but I'm very nervous that. Okay, first moment. of all, first of all, you're in a very good position. You recognize what's going on, you recognize how how things are working. so this is excellent. You need to start to to do some self hypnosis stuff, especially at night as you're going to sleep and visualizing how you want your life to be and you can do that. I know you can. I think you have one of these really loud minds that creates things very quickly and slow down a little bit. Have a little faith in yourself. You're not going to be out in the street anytime too soon, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> but but do that and start, just go through your body and relax all your body, every every part of your body and just say, I am releasing the fear. And I have a real feeling about you. Is it Kita? Yeah. Yeah, you're out there, girl and 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 the thing is not to go too fast because when you go too fast, you panic,
1: yes. you don't
5: feel in control of things, you can slow it down and you can you can drive the speed you wanna drive, and you'll still get there. you follow me, Yeah. yeah, so yep. you do this get a little book on self hypnosis and do that, and release the fear, keep releasing the fear, and visualize. The the only thing that I, I like this business thing, but I think you need uh, a more creative edge. Okay. So you have to you have to kind of build that in the you have a an artistic side that needs some expression, definitely yeah. musical side. You need to you need to work work it in somehow. Otherwise, uh, the business stuff you'll you'll never feel uh, completely. Um, honest. There'll always be that feeling of of being a little bit of a fake because it's not totally you yet. So when you're you welcome. build your business, you're gonna build it from the inside from your inner self. Do you follow me? Keita? Yeah. Yep. You're a good woman. Thank you.
0: Thank you. You're welcome. Um, can I I know you have to move on, but just really to echo from what you said. I know that things start from the invisible, so the inside first. Out, I get that. Yeah. The
5: thing is, so you practice dis- making access to the inside. That's where all your energy is, anyway. Okay. 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 Thank you, Keita. Thank you.
4: <laughs> Thank you. Uh,
5: Wonderful.
4: Yeah, great advice, right? Following, yeah, that gut feel. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Yeah, I mean we just we just are so trained against listening to our inner voices or releasing you know, our inner universes and each one is so original and let's face it, we're all geniuses when we sleep.
4: Mhm. We're all wildly creative, right? That's right. <laughs> Intuitive, we have yeah. premonitions, we have all yes. of that happen in all our of dreams. Mhm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. mm-hmm.
4: So, yeah, we we get callers on other shows that we've done where they talk about, you know, they don't know what their life purpose is. Oh, yeah. They know they're supposed to
5: do something, but they don't know what it is.
2: Right, right. So I've had people
5: thought? write me, and they write me on the website. They leave their phone number and say, can you tell me my life purpose? Right. Can you call me and tell me? That? Please <laughs> tell
4: me. Yeah. 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 Oh, sure. <laughs> You're supposed to be a banker. Um, right. so, well, why do you think so many, especially in the United States, you know, a lot of my friends feel that way or they're in jobs they don't like but and they know they're supposed to do something bigger, but they don't know what it is. Is it that we don't know how to
5: listen to our inner desires? Like people don't know what they right, want. Right, we don't. And our, so, our, our society doesn't support it. In, in Europe, that tension is not so much here because there's more tradition and community. Mm-hmm. Uh, the values aren't quite as commercialized as they are in the States. But, mm-hmm. um yeah. You're right on there.
3: Okay. Yeah. So I, I think people You know what don't a shame is we we, we work so either.
5: hard uh, in preschool, nursery schools, uh, kindergarten, first, second, third grade to to develop a child's creativity, and then we don't give them any opportunity when they're adults to be creative. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. They have to
4: make money,
5: they have to go cook the French fries yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah.
4: Right? <laughs> yeah. They
5: they they join the uh, the mill. Yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So when
4: you said Europe doesn't have that issue as much, you're saying that their what their sense of community and and belonging, and they have each other, that they're not so they don't have that strong feeling of well, I've got to do something bigger, or because they right. don't have
5: love. Oh, there, right. No, there. that frustration, that spiritual frustration, is definitely there, especially in in Germany. Uh, the repression from World War II has just been amazing, and the creative arts plummeted. They, they's, the things that germany used to be so great for like music and philosophy uh, so many areas has now really become a car culture mhm and so that's a that's a big problem and there is a lot of depression here but mm-hmm. for the most part there's the expectation that 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 emanates from the states to be the best be the best be the best that's not here yeah and when people retire they really retire they don't try to write that book they don't they they take up golf and they go on vacations (laughs) and that's all they want to do
4: maybe i incarnated on the wrong continent
5: (laughs) yeah it's a very different value not sadly one that i share Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm.
3: and the funny thing about that statement megan is that you're an adult and you could move
4: (laughs) i
2: couldn't But I
4: have all those expectations around me. Of, you know, just up and move to Europe because.
5: <laughs> well, uh, we're, we actually, my husband and I actually discussed moving back to the states.
3: Yeah. Well, no Is a reason?
5: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we're you know he's in his early seventies, and uh, we're talking about what's going to happen as we get older and how to make it easier for the, the two of us.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
5: think that's a smart thing to do. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And it would be easier for me to live in the states and not have to constantly switch languages and I, it's such a it's so annoying.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
5: you have stuff coming at you in French, coming at you in German and you have to keep handling it. It's 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 very scattering. Wow. Mostly. But you're so brilliant to be able to
4: do
3: it. I'm impressed. <laughs>
5: <I> no, <know. laughs> just don't go there. <laughs> That's so neat.
3: Do you well, ever we... find moments of doubt in yourself about
5: anything, or are you past that? Uh, I think the 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 real doubt that I have is where do I belong on the on the planet? That's mm-hmm. been my major doubt. Other than that, what I do, no, none at all um i could be more productive but i think this <clears throat> the anxiety of, of trying to handle properties and frankly being in debt uh uh and extricating myself from from so uh, many different kinds of pressures um has kept me from writing which i love to do and uh but when it comes to doing psychic work at that you know or after death communication sort of stuff you know i'm at that point where i don't care I, when i was young i used to think oh well i got six hits or whatever it was it, none of that uh occurs to me anymore i just assume it mhm and uh, we all have we all have doubts there's no question but but uh in that regard, in terms of my work, no. It's not there anymore.
3: Very nice.
5: And I understand if, if I go in the wrong direction, why? And I ask people to tell me if I do.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, so there's this thing like reversals that, that go on where you pick up something about health foods for the person, that they're eating too much of it or they should eat it.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm.
5: You know, and sometimes they'll say the wrong wrong one. Interesting, yeah, yeah that's about that's about the biggest mistake i've made I could make now.
3: we do have another caller if you'd like to answer another question sure, sure. great. So I'm going to eight three one five nine
5: five Hi, this is Lisa.
2: Hey Lisa,
3: Hi, Lisa How are
2: you?
5: I'm ready to burst. I feel like my this bubble has popped and i turned turning my letter of resignation, I know that I am done with this employer, but I love what I'm doing, so I'd like to know what the universe has in store for me and my business because I'm ready to kick it off. You mean you want a little reading? little reading? No, I've done a lot of reading. (laughs) No, you must want me to do a little psychic trick for you. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Gee whiz, I don't know. All right, hold on. I think what's going to happen is that there's going to be a period in which you do consultancy. Yes and And during that time, you're going to start having massive brainstorms
2: <laughs> and okay.
5: uh, and you're going to be learning at a at a huge rate. It's like you're going to be liberated and you have the whole field to yourself for a change instead of just this little little bit of what you've been working with. Yes, you know you need vista, you're a person who needs <laughs> the broad <laughs> view you need to see be at the top of the mountain and see the whole landscape, yes. Yeah. And I've been I in everybody's little bubble, and now I'm on my own. So. Yeah, fine, fine, but you won't be on your own.
2: Good.
5: There, there will be, I see at least two people who will move in. <laughs> I don't mean to live with you, but will move in and help you build this.
0: Fantastic. I'm so
5: excited.
0: Okay. Awesome. <laughs>
3: Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you.
4: So, Julia, I have a question for you, um, which is, do you feel that we all have guides working with us, that there's beings, you know, helping us, or are we just our oversoul? What's your thought on that? Like, I've, I'm told, oh, you have an angel with you or a guide with you, but well, I, I
5: feels I'm lonely not, in my, not, my house. There are angels, but I don't, I've never... <sighs> The one, those that I've encountered don't seem to care too much about our petty problems, okay. but your grandfather will. Okay. And don't don't forget, you also can draw from your oversoul. You can draw from all of your incarnations. They're mm-hmm. all there, and you're in contact with them deep down all the time anyway. You mm-hmm. can't not be. You're all part of the same thing. So that's operating. The dead, the dead are unbelievable. They can be, they, they can. Look, if we just learn how to call on them, they they can be the most amazing counselors
2: mm-hmm.
5: and can tell you things like. Uh, now I've had them. You know we don't know whether to put it. We don't put our animals down anymore. But sometimes they look like they're too much in pain or something, and hysterical. And should we put her down? Should we have her put down? And the. Uh, Dead, dead friend will say, leave her alone. She'll be dead at 2.15. Hmm. And she's dead at 2.15. Mm-hmm. This sort of thing is, is fantastic to have, and we can all have that in our lives. So, yes, there's those. There are all those uh, aspects of you that are in existence that are in tremendous expansion. Mm-hmm. And... um as opposed to higher. I don't like the higher-lower stuff. Yeah, It's yeah, tremendously you're... expanded that we can draw on. Um, that energy is always there. That wisdom is always there. And your inner self is the way to get that guidance, but you will feel it around you with inspiration. There are just tons of things going on we can draw from.
2: Mhm.
3: Hmm. I just had alone. a very strange thing happen to me. Well, strange to most people, but maybe not to... Uh, you, My ex-husband came to me about two weeks ago uh, In spirit form and told me that he had died And it wasn't really a shock Because he's been living uh, homeless for a little while But I was so...
2: Um,
3: I've been waiting for that day almost Because our relationship in the physical world Was very tumultuous and um, abusive But I... We have such an amazing energetic connection that I was just waiting for that to be released so that we could have our amazing connection again and work together and I have to say it's been it's been very interesting having him again free yeah. and happy the real him. and yeah. The exactly. real one
5: too. Yeah, yeah. not the troubled, uh, confused person we knew, but the one who's liberated the, the real parents are desperate for for us to see how they really are without the fear
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and
5: that's uh that's one of the great greatest joys about doing this kind of work. not that everybody when they pass over or are in great conditions, they're not, but those who are the majority who are um when you see them and and feel their spirits, it's fantastic. So congratulations. Thanks. On you know, for for that rediscovery. And um they do that. And they sometimes you won't know when a person's died because they don't tell you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But generally they do. And I almost always know. Mm-hmm. Almost always. So
4: can you talk for a minute about um what you just said, which was, you know, not everybody who dies does well. Now, you've said that, you know, it's kind of your, what what happens after you die is what you expect. So, um, for example, I, I feel like my dad, who's very analytical and engineer, raised me to be that way, Is, you know, kind of questions everything and is very skeptical of anything paranormal, anything psychic, anything... So I have this fear for him that Okay.
5: Is is that coming from anger or is it coming from um just that he doesn't need it? He doesn't need the paranormal.
4: <clears throat> um, he just questions that you know, since it hasn't really been proven. He's just not convinced. <laughs> he he's comes to me and he, he tells me about well, I read this book and and really all we are is there were some molecules and they, right. they tell bumped read into each dean, other. Right, tell him to read some they, of Dean
5: Radin's book where he talks about the proof over and over and over again.
4: Yeah, but he does. You know, he, he's very dismissive all right.
5: of me. And there, I, there was a woman oddly uh, uh, I was quite close uh-huh. to her, and I was at her funeral this Friday. And uh, she is somebody who was very secular, very analytic. So is her husband, and uh, they don't believe in any of this stuff. Yeah. Right. She, she is like in a cocoon, sort of turning and tossing. Doesn't want to become conscious. Do you know why? Hmm. Fear. Yeah. She doesn't believe in the afterlife. So she's died.
4: She's left her physical That's body. Right. right. So right now she's in some just weird She's place. keeping
5: herself in this sort of coma type of thing because she can't imagine mm-hmm. that there's anything else. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And now, can she the get same herself time, I know a couple of other atheists. Well, there are atheists who believe in afterlife, but these are atheists who don't believe in an afterlife, and they're not angry atheists. They're innerly very optimistic people. When they die... I'm absolutely certain they won't go through this. They're going to be, oh, for God's sakes, it's true. This is great. <laughs> it mm-hmm. depends on your attitudes. It depends on why you develop these beliefs, you know, what's behind those beliefs. There's no, there's not one thing you can ever say that happens always in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Every time I've worked with it, it has been a surprise.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Every mm-hmm. single time it's been different. But there are people who are very often in remorse, or they can't find someone, or they're not ready to be found, and they're in a kind of suspension. Um, uh, They need to reconcile, for instance, or they need... I've known one woman, four or five months after her death, she was constantly plaguing me, and finally I stopped still, and I just said, okay, what's going on? She didn't know what was going on. She couldn't go on, yeah? She was stuck.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: And uh, suddenly, this, with a lot of deep focus on my side, this repression in her broke. An old German woman, and it was childhood rape, you know, by the so-called uncle, went on and on. And mm. it was so deeply repressed, she couldn't move on with all that repressed energy. Mm. And now, once it opened up, it knocked me to the floor I started you know crying hysterically. It was just part of the release that it was it's like what I do with ghosts, you sort of release the compulsive stuff and and um, and she went on and never heard from her again. Hmm. so you can stay repressed. I've had lots of people who contacted me once they figured out why they died. Mhm,
2: mm-hmm.
5: you know what killed them, oh my God, it was you know such and such a thing that I did all those years ago and that's the reason why I blocked this area didn't let the cells communicate they got confused and became what we call cancer
4: Mm-hmm. so you feel that illness really is is mostly I was going to ask you that is is emotionally
5: based um, let's put it this way it's a creation yeah illness is sweet. creative it's trying mm-hmm. to solve a problem mm-hmm Usually uh, illnesses form around repressed energy. Mm -hmm. Even if it's an accident of some sort, if a person doesn't have repressed energy or trauma around that psychic trauma or psychological trauma around uh, the afflicted part, it'll heal better.
2: Mm
5: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So once that energy is withdrawn, what happens on a cellular level is the cells can't communicate. They're not charged enough. Mm hmm the charge is too low, and it the body won't recognize these ste- cells in stress because they, they're like below the radar. Mm-hmm. This is a, quite a complicated topic. We should, probably yeah. shouldn't get into yeah. it. Yeah, but. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Interesting.
5: Yeah, yeah. well, but we would is, love to have this we, we have at some this matrix, we can learn to return to it, this you know the the optimum matrix. If we can just learn to keep that. as sort of a reference point, we would do much better than we do health-wise. Is that something
3: that you talk about and teach in your workshops? Yes. Wonderful. So I know that you're very busy. We don't want to keep you. Um, But (laughs) is there something that you wish people knew about this topic?
5: I I think if... It's a, don't, don't wait to die to be immortal. Just think about what it would be like if you really embraced in the deepest possible way that you endure, that you your creativity never ceases, your personality never dies, and, uh, and that you're safe.
2: Mm.
5: No matter what happens to you, if you get hit by a truck, you're safe. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Who you are, it it goes on and on and just keeps growing and expanding and experimenting and exploring and creating. It never stops. And trust in that. Wow.
3: Wonderful. I can't wait to sink into that later and see how that feels.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Write me when you do. Okay. Afterwards, tell me what happened. I will.
4: Okay. Well, thank you so much. I really, it was just such an honor, and I really value your time. And thank you for sharing your insights. You can
5: have my time anytime. Oh, oh we wonderful. would love to ha- talk to you again. <laughs> <That's> okay, <cool. laughs> and and the two of you have been lovely. Oh, thank you. Thank you, and thank you for inviting honor. me on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and,
4: and very what? good. Did you want to mention your institute in Vienna for people who are listening overseas?
5: Um, sure, there, it takes place in Vienna. You can lo- you can go to my website, which is do not very imaginative, www dot dot com. It's one word. Um, we're in the process now of making it bilingual, awesome. and uh, it takes place in Vienna. It uh, I'll be running one next year from October to July, once a month. Okay. And it uh, it it I even teach military style remote viewing, and it, it just is shocking what these people can do. And they're just, you know, n- none of them have any real experience with any of this stuff. But I re- rattle off like uh, eight numbers, and suddenly they start getting images of the moon, and that's where I wanted them to be. Wow. It's, awesome. Uh, yeah. They're, they're able to move tables just by thought. I mean, it's just, uh, it's just the human being released, that's all. Interesting. Awesome. Mm, exciting, yeah. too. So they can look at my website if they want to know more. Again, the website is under construction. It's not very pretty at the moment, but the information is there. Super. I mean, yeah, they can contact wonderful me for book. more if they want it.
4: Yeah, your blogs are, are wonderful. And so thank Julia you. Asante.com. So JuliaAsante.com. All right. Thanks. Thank you so
5: much. You're welcome, dear.
4: Yeah, right. thank you, you very done. much.
5: Have Bye. a lovely evening.
3: Bye. Yes, you, you too. too. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
4: Oh, so much fun.
3: That was great. I think we could talk to her for 20 more hours oh, and easy. not scratch the surface. Yeah. Yeah. So much wonderful talk. Yeah. Thank you, Julia, so much for giving us your time and, and taking callers and giving us a lot to think about and feel.
4: Yeah. Her book, The Last Frontier, um, is amazing. It's it's a bigger book. You can take it in sections. She she goes into history if you're into that. She goes into how to make contact yourself. She has um wonderful advice on on how to do that, how to prepare. Um she talks about her own life and her own mystical experiences, so there's so much in there. It's it's a beautiful book.
2: Mhm.
3: Yeah, it's fabulous. And and as someone who you know, it has a lot of similarities with that. You know, I, I see the world in a very similar way. It's amazing to read about how in-depth she goes. I've never read another book about the afterlife or mediumship that has so many beautiful details and explanations and and the just the depth of knowledge in this book is astounding. It's really worth it. So if you're already, you know, experienced in this and you kind of live this lifestyle this is this is not a book to overlook. It's definitely worth the read. It's, it's really great.
4: Yeah. I find it interesting that I was the one that, that came upon her and found her and then I found you afterwards and we worked together. But it's really cool to me to know that you resonated so much with this book, Rachel, because Obviously, I think I'm on the right track, you know what I mean? Like my world came together with with those thoughts that you had about the book, so I'm excited.
3: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of like what you were mentioning earlier. You know, there's so many books out there with kind of a less defined view or, you know, a a, a broader look that maybe doesn't resonate so much. And so I really don't read very much about the subject because I find – you know, it, it's not, it, I don't want to say it's for beginners, but it's for a, someone who has a different perspective. So mm-hmm. so I really don't mm-hmm. read much, but this book is definitely an exception to that. Yay. And
4: it's funny how this <laughs> yeah. is like one of my first books when I started diving into all this. So I told I you, know.
3: I went from zero well, it's to. It's not funny to me because I see <laughs> your greatness, but <laughs> it's funny to you because you still see yourself as. <laughs> little analytical Megan, and <laughs> that's right.
4: <laughs> well, yeah, the analytical part is still loud at times, but um, yeah, yeah.
3: Well, that was so, great. Uh, I think we did want to end the show by reading the last chapter. Is that something you still want to do?
4: Yeah, we can. Um, how much of that last um, paragraph there? Yeah, no, the last few sentences anyway were um, were really interesting. I don't know if you wanted to do the whole thing or.
3: Do you have it open? Because I can read the I first do. half if you want, and you can read the second half. <laughs> I love how we're planning on air. It's great. I know. Yeah, we can read um, the whole thing. Because I, was just I like read... the beginning.
4: Yeah, just the – well, Oh, you want, I was just going to read the um, the last paragraph on page
3: 369. Yeah, the last paragraph. I'll yeah. read the first half. You read the second half. Okay, go ahead. All right. As we move deeper into interdimensional communication – Humanity will begin to get glimpses of even greater, more exalted states of being. What would it be like, for instance, to commune with the being of light, with your oversoul, and with others yet more extraordinary who inhabit the non-physical dimensions? To know that some future version of you, your own restless soul, is already going in those directions, that these unimaginable transfigurations are what await us.
4: And especially to live day by day with a palpable awareness of the presence on earth, enfolded as it is in the heart of all that is. From all that we know so far from the dead and the clinically dead, the exquisite sharpness of the material realm is to be cherished, playfully explored, and enjoyed. No doubt more of us would if we could just stop trying so hard to stay alive. We are alive, and we always will be alive. Such a great, great ending to her book. Yes.
3: Awesome.
4: Yeah. So get the book, I've, The
3: Last Frontier. Go to the blog. We'll have links to everything.
4: Yep, and her, her whole thing, you're never more dead than you are right now. It always yeah. kind of makes
3: me chuckle. chuckle. <laughs> it is pretty funny.
2: Yeah. <laughs> All right, All right, everyone.
3: Well, thank you so much for participating and listening to this live and on the replay. Um, thanks, Megan, for coordinating this and and getting Julia on board.
4: My pleasure. I hope
3: everybody. And we will found leave you inspiring. Yes. Yeah. We'll leave you with the announcements for the Enlightenment Evolution Network. Thanks so much, thanks, guys. Rachel. Thanks, Megan. Bye.
1: Hi, this is Karen Newman from the show About Oneness, and here's what's coming up on the week starting on Monday, February the 9th until Sunday, February the 15th on the Enlightenment Evolution Network 1 and 2. Simply put, Rob Gothier, founder of the EEN and the host of the show that started it all, the Enlightenment Evolution Hour has put together the greatest metaphysical radio network ever. Seven days a week, we have shows that will aid you on your path to enlightenment, evolution, and ascension. On EEN1, Monday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, is Heart to Heart Talk Radio with your host, Daniel Scranton. Join Daniel and his featured guests discussing a wide variety of metaphysical topics. Daniel Channers, the Creators, the Hathors, Ophelia the Fairy, the Archangel Michael, and the latest, the Unicorn Collective. Daniel and his guests will take phone calls and questions and it's sure to generate high-frequency discussions. You can learn more about Daniel on his website, DanielScranton.com, and also on Facebook. Go to the Events tab on Daniel's website to learn more about Daniel's upcoming events. Daniel's guest on Monday is Andy and Jonathan Goldman. They will be discussing the power of sound and the power of your voice. The Goldmans are facilitating World Sound Healing Day on February the 14th, and they'll discuss how you can be a part of it. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, please join hosts Megan Crandallmeyer and Rachel Archelaus for radio inspiration, expression, and abundance for their show, Soulfulpreneur. Spiritual business specialists, Rachel and Megan, will bring you inspiring conversations with people who are living their sole purpose. Frequent guests include psychic mediums, channelers, coaches, artists, and authors. They end every show with psychic readings and business coaching. Your questions about your spiritual business or life purpose journey are welcome. Wednesday nights, nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific is the show that started it all, the Enlightenment Evolution Hour with host Rob Gothier. Rob channels Treb on the first Wednesday of each month and will take callers' questions. And on the third Wednesday, we'll have special guests such as guest channelers and other metaphysical teachers. The other two Wednesdays are freestyle calling shows to discuss whatever callers have in their mind. Tune in to Rob on Wednesday nights and you can also find him at Trebchanneling.com and on Facebook at the Enlightenment Evolution Network group page. Rob has two special announcements. On April 3rd to 5th, 2015, spend three days with Treb and in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina, during the Lunar Eclipse, this is a three-day workshop on channeling. Only 30 spots are available. And then on September 19th, TrubChanneling.com presents the Channel Panel, Awakening from Within. Channelers include Lee Harris, Sean Swanson, Daniel Scranton, Nora Harold, Wendy Kennedy, Brad Johnson, Sean Randall, and Rob Gothier. This incredible live event is available in person and also on live stream. The cost of admission is $120 per day or 200 for both days, and on live stream, $50 per day or 100 for both. Go to TrubChanneling.com to purchase a ticket. Rob's guest on Wednesday night is the Reverend Robert Short of Cornwell, Arizona. He is a spiritual counselor and what some refer to as a UFO contactee and channel. His work began in 1952 when he was led by his extraterrestrial sources to Giant Rock, California and the home of the famed UFO contactee George Fantossel. Since then, Robert and his family have all undergone UFO second, third, and fourth type of encounters. Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific, join host Philip Malika with the Consciousness Evolution Hour. Join Philip and his special guests and co-hosts as they discuss the shift, ascension, timelines, metaphysical concepts, and the fifth dimension. Find Philip at the Consciousness Evolution 2.0 group on Facebook and also on YouTube. On Fridays, the Earth Experience with Kalina Angel, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. The Earth Experience explores our soul's expansion through our human experiences on Earth. Kalina will help you navigate and expand through the exciting confusions that we are manifesting as new 5D beings. Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Victoria Vivas Kuong hosts Earth Sky People Radio, living in harmony with Mother Earth and awakening to an intergalactic society. Bringing to you greater awareness regarding star seeds and extraterrestrial life, living in harmony with one another and with Mother Earth and with life beyond the Earth, the transformative power of music, frequency, and sound, shamanism, ancestral wisdom, and the star nations, intentional communities, self sustainable and regenerative living, and the interstellar alliance or planet Earth becoming part of an intergalactic society and much, much more. See all the details at Victoriavives.com forward slash radio. On February 14th at 10 a.m. Pacific, the third international chanting for peace and laughter worldwide celebration with Victoria Vives Kuong and guests Rob Gothier, Dwayne Hartman, Brad Johnson, Joy Miller, Kalina Angel, Goddess Gloria, New Earth Music with Misha Whirlwind, New Earth Tether with Gina Catoli and many more are thrilled to be leading us in a session of sound healing, dance, and laughter. It's a free event for you to have fun while raising our collective frequency and contributing to the peace of the world. Go to victoriavives.com forward slash peace and the number three. On Sundays, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, is my show, About Oneness. About Oneness is a radio program focused on celebrating the ongoing conscious awakening of our planet and a realization of oneness. The show for me is about integrating all of my experiences and following my highest excitement, which is tapping into the truth of the universe. If you would like to learn more about me, my upcoming guest, as well as see many videos of channeling teachings, you can go to AboutOneness.com. My show on the 15th of February will be a re-airing of my interview with my mentor and my spiritual mother Caroline Hart. On EEN Network 2, on Saturday evenings, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific, the Pied Piper and Texas Rebel hosting the show Disclosure Now. Disclosure Now is the on-the-edge-of-our-seats show that covers all topics of disclosure, from the world's most famous and obscure UFO cases to cryptozoology, conspiracies, and all things that go bump in the night. Pied Piper started his journey in Michigan in 1993 as a pre-teen Seeing Bigfoot and never can get enough in the investigating of all things paranormal. Texas Rebel is a wild Texas man who loves the same journey and has studied these same things for years. Join them as they cover all things in the human experience that just cannot be answered by anyone. And remember, you never have to miss any show on the Enlightenment Evolution Network 1 or 2. All shows are ready to listen to again immediately after they air on Blog Talk Radio on playback. Or you can go. To the Enlightenment Evolution Network YouTube page. Namaste and back to the show.